Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So they've scored runs, but then we see them completely disappear like they did in game two and game three of this series. And they had opportunities in this game. Not that I ever thought they were going to come back, but they had two on, two out, second inning with Beatty and Gourmet coming up. They do nothing. After Vogelback ripped that RBI double, which got him on the board in the fourth inning, made it a three-to-one game, here we go. They got a runner on second, nobody out, with Canna, Beatty, and Gourmet coming up, similar names. They did nothing. And then after that, it was like over. And to have that happen against Michael Lorenzen, who for whatever reason has pitched well against the Mets, when I think of Michael Lorenzen, I think of a two-way player, even though they don't treat him that way anymore. I think of his guns that he used to like show off. He has like big muscles. And I think of a crappy player that dominates the Mets. And there's way too many of those guys. So they lost game two because of Max, clearly. You know, your starting pitcher gives up six runs in three and a third innings. You're likely going to lose. But the offense did very, very little. And that's on the heels of the opener of this series against Detroit, the opener of the doubleheader, in which right out the gate, who knew this would be a sign of things to come? The Tigers are jumping on Joey Lucchese. And it was not a great performance by Lucchese. And what's funny is Buck takes him out relatively early from a pitch count perspective. And Buck even mentions after the game, hey, you know, we're thinking about using him on Sunday. So he only threw 46 pitches and they took him out. Well, they also could have taken him out because he gave up four runs in four innings. <laughs> that could be the other reason. Like Joey Lucchese has given up a three-run home run to Eric Haas right out the gate. He's given up a home run to Javier Baez, who had not hit any home runs until this series started. So, yeah, they took him out after throwing only 48 pitches. He wasn't any good. He, he didn't pitch well. What was really frustrating about the first game of this series, it's not even Lucchese. Because, look, Joey Lucchese is a depth guy. Unfortunately, the Mets have a lot of depth guys in their rotation. I'm not expecting seven scoreless innings out of him. The Mets came back, like, immediately after they took that 3-0 lead in the top of the second inning. Tommy Pham and Mark Canna hit home runs. Which was, which was stunning. And, and let me own my L, because I did tweet before the game, hey, why the hell is Tommy Pham in the lineup? It should be Eduardo Escobar. Something I said on the Rico, too. I said that ahead of time. Hey, when there's a lefty on the mound, why don't you DH Escobar instead of Tommy Pham? He's in an 0 for 16. Hey, I own it. Tommy Pham at a home run. He had a bunch of hits. Great. I'm glad to be wrong. But understand where I was coming from with it. I think it made perfect sense. You know, especially because later in the week, I got to hear Buck say, I got to get Escobar in the lineup. You want to get Escobar in the lineup? Fine, DH him. 
but they instantly fight back and they make it a three to two game. And Lucchese gives up the home run to Baez and it's four to two. And then offensively in the fifth, they do it again. Francisco Lindor. Actually, told, I got before I get to Lindor. Tomas Nito. Tomas Nito drove in a run. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm falling out of my seat watching this game while Craig and I are doing the show. Tomas Nito has an RBI single. And then he advanced the second on the error by Ibanez. And Lindor hits the home run. And the Mets go up five to four. And I'm telling you right now, I felt like last year, like, wow, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be a hell of a win. Casey gives up the three runs early. The Mets fight back immediately. They take the lead and they got their bullpen really doing a good job because Jimmy Yacobonis, who for the most part has done a really good job. He's firing off scoreless innings. He's, he's pitching great. And they are six outs away from taking game one and we're all feeling good. We are all feeling good. And Adam Adovino comes into the game. And I look, Adam Adovino up until this point had not had, in my opinion, a bad season by any stretch. But Adam Adovino gives up the killing two-out hit to Eric Haas. And what made me feel really sick is Detroit had first and second and one out. He got Riley Green to ground out. And it was great because he got the second out, but both guys advanced. And as I'm doing the show with Craig and I'm watching the game, and I, you know how much I hate this, but I got to do it. What am I going to do? We're on the air. I can't sit there scoring it, watching every single Met game as much as I want to. I see the second and third, and the whole series is like flashing before my eyes because there are certain games that just feel more important. And it's the opener. It's a doubleheader. Who knows what to expect from Max and Justin Verlander. And Adam Adovino is an at-bat away from either getting through a delicate eighth inning, hand the ball to David Robertson, we're good to go, or he's going to give up a base hit that's going to allow not only the tying run to score, but the winning run to score. And I think it was the first pitch. Was it not the first freaking pitch to Eric Hasse? It's the line drive to right center field. Oh, my stomach dropped. Because it wasn't just the lead. You kind of knew the game was over. And I had this sick feeling it was going to lead to worse things. Like it was, it was not only going to be a loss, it was going to be a, just a, a treacherous loss, which by the way, it turned out to be, but you just felt it at the time. As far as Buck's decision to go to Adovino. So here's my question. I am not killing necessarily Buck Showalter for making the decision to go to Adam Adovino in the eighth inning against those hitters in the order, Veerling and Baez and Green and Haas. They're a very right-handed order. Detroit very right-handed and Adam Adovino's lane even though the numbers haven't really backed it up this year he's had weird reverse splits but in general you want Adovino facing righties so I get why Buck went to him plus I guess the other side of this is he's used Robertson in the eighth inning routinely when it's their better hitters this is the top of the order these are the Tigers best hitters as much as Matt Veerling and Javier Baez and Riley Green and Eric Haas, they may not scare you. I mean, that those are their best hitters. So I'm not killing him for not going to Robertson in the eighth inning. I guess I'm just thinking out loud about why in this situation against Detroit's better hitters, because it was 9-1-2, and two, so it is their better hitters. Do you go to Adovino, who I think we all agree is not their best reliever, David Robertson is, as opposed to what he's been doing a lot this year, which is, hey, I'm going to use my best reliever to go get their better hitters out. 
And then you run into, do you go to David Robertson with two outs and Eric Haas coming up to the play? Maybe he felt, Pete, I like Robertson against lefties. There aren't many lefties in the Tigers' order, and I'll stick with Adovino to get through it. But it was a little, a tiny bit, because the righty aspect I get, but it was a little contradictory to how he's managed the Robertson-Adovino kind of handling throughout this season. A little contradictory. And and wasn't this the first appearance from Adovino since he's been on paternity leave? So I feel like it was like they wanted to give him work, but maybe this wasn't the right spot. I I mean, I don't want to second-get Monday morning quarterback, but I feel like his last outing wasn't even all that great either. It just felt like this was not the place to put Adovino, especially having time off. Um, But it didn't work. Regardless, it didn't work. And they should have gone to Robertson some way. But you know what's funny? Like, I get your point. If they went to, because you're right, he hadn't pitched since prior to the paternity leave, and his last performance was against Washington. He gave up a run, right? He was shaky. Uh, Put a couple of guys on base, gave up a run. But if he goes to Robertson in the eighth and he does the job, you're not going to Adovino in the ninth. Now he's facing different hitters. He's facing, assuming how David's inning goes, four, five, six, three, four, five, whatever it turns out to be. So if you want to give him a, a situation not as difficult as that, well, you're giving him an even tougher one if you're giving him the ninth. So I don't know if there was a great answer on when to use him if you wanted to give him a soft landing spot. Well, the only thing is, unless you say, I'm just going to give Robertson two innings. Yeah, he did that the other day. I, you can't do that routinely. I mean, I I think he was clearly going to use Adam Adovino because it was his first performance back. He is one of the guys you trust in the circle of trust, even though he's now given up runs in three of his last four games, if you're keeping track at home. I think you're using him. I think it's just a matter of where you're using him. And from a righty-lefty perspective, I get why I used him in the eighth. But in terms of, hey, I want David Robertson against their best hitters, that's where it wasn't consistent because those were their best hitters. Look, the truth is he failed. Like he, he, he failed and the Met offense did nothing after Lindor hit the home run and they were unable to rally in the ninth inning. And it just, it's one of those losses. And I hate saying it. It doesn't feel like that loss happens a year ago. It feels like things play out differently in 2022 and it turns into a win. And and I hate saying it, but it's, it's honestly how I felt about it. No, you're right, and but partly is too. I think it's got to be. Uh, I want to make it a buck thing right now, putting blame on anybody. They all they're all to blame right now. At this point in time, but again, if you're looking like you have a double header, you haven't played game. You've you've had one game since what? Uh, you had a, a you had a double header on Monday. You had a day off on Tuesday. Like it's been such a wishy washy schedule that you should be planning ahead to have three games in two days. If I could. Sp- space out some of my my pitchers we'll find another spot for Adovino I mean that that's personally but whatever that that's that's yeah that's I mean the, the problem is the only guy that he really could have gone to in that spot otherwise would have been Drew Smith who I think has pitched really well for the most part like I think Drew Smith after a shaky start has been one of their more reliable relievers um, he pitched against the Braves in one of the doubleheaders. So he had pitched Monday. So now we're talking about Wednesday. So, yeah, it's like a day later. It's not too much. Hey, look, these kinds of arguments right now, not even arguments, these kinds of discussions, this is just what happens when you lose close games. You try to overanalyze everything that happened and said, hey, why don't you do this differently? Why don't you do that differently? And the truth is Adam Adovino is paid to get a big out, and he didn't get it. And it sucked. 
because it certainly felt at the time and it worked out that way that it was one of those losses that was going to spiral into something worse. And it has because since that game and since the Francisco Lindor home run that felt so dramatic and felt so important, the Mets went out and got bombed and lost eight to one and then proceeded to lose two nothing. And we'll get to that game because obviously they play this afternoon game, another afternoon game, which I, I freaking hate them. <laughs> hey, just on a personal level, the Mets have now played, let's see, one, two, three, four of their last five games have been during the day while on the air with Craig. Four out of five. Like, what freaking planet am I on? I can't score it. I'm distracted. Like, trust me. I know it's a first world problem. I'm not asking anybody to feel bad for me. <laughs> I'm just venting that I hate it. That's all I'm saying. What's What's worse? A day game where you're on air or the West Coast trip? Oh, the day game on the air. I, I at least on the West Coast trip, I'm I'm watching the games. You know, I'm able to score the games, relax, hear what Gary has to say, hear what <laughs> Keith has to say, flip to the radio. Uh, I think DVR is one of the great inventions. It, I've said this before. It's it's great that you can live a life. You know, spend time with your wife, spend time with your kids, and still watch every Met game. There's no excuse because you have DVR. That doesn't work when you do afternoon radio in New York City because. I can't DVR the game that we may end up talking about. So you have to watch it. But again, it's a first world problem. I am not asking anybody to feel bad for me. I'm just bemoaning it. 